You're listening to the Doc Lounge Podcast. This is a place for candid conversations with healthcare industry's top physicians, executives, and thought leaders. This podcast is made possible by Pacific Companies, your trusted advisor in physician recruitment. I am your host, Summer Gilbert, and I am the Director of Marketing and Branding here at Pacific Companies. And my co-host today is Pacific Companies EVP of Training, Chris Call. Thanks for being here with me, Chris. Oh, thank you for having me, Summer. Today on the podcast, we have Alyssa Call. Alyssa is a fourth-year medical student at UT Houston. She's in the process of matching, uh, applying for her residency. So we're going to pick her brain today and just kind of get an idea about medical school and see what her plans are for the future. So really excited to have Alyssa on the podcast today. So thank you so much, Alyssa, for being here. And let's get started. We can start. Well, thank you so much for spending some time to talk with us today. Oh, yeah, of course. Happy to be here. So I know you know Chris. Yes, very well. And I am the marketing director here. My name is Summer. Um, And so Chris has been raving about his family and um, you in particularly and wanted you to get on here and just talk about um, all sorts of things, medical school and the direction you're going to go, dating a doctor, all of that good stuff. Sounds good. Um, So I'll let Chris started off well why don't we start uh why you got into medicine kind of a, a broad stroke of uh you can give some insights to us yeah i think um so for me it was a good blend of uh really science and working with people um i always liked science uh, like starting as probably early as middle school going into high school um And I think uh, medicine's pretty cool because a lot of the basics that I learned in even my uh, molecular biology classes in college um, plays directly into what we're doing to treat patients. So um, I still go back if there's a medicine I'm not familiar with now on rotations, I go back and I can learn the, uh, you know, the actual cell biology um, behind how that medicine works and why we're using it to treat patients. Um, also, it's just really rewarding to work with work with patients um, and uh, form relationships with them to help them uh, help us treat them and um, help them treat themselves too. Okay, for those f- potential future doctors. Do you suggest a certain undergraduate degree that might better prepare them for medical school? Yeah, so so I did uh, about like a bachelor of science in biology, um, and for me that decision was mostly made on the my love for biology starting in high school. Um, it was a subject I really liked and wanted to learn more about, um, and I think as a degree, a bachelor of science in particular, and whatever. Um, science subject a student would want to do is a good degree preparing for med school. Um, A a lot of the first semester of med school is going to cover some of those basic science topics like physiology and biology and chemistry. And having that background in undergrad was very helpful for the adjustment in that first fall semester. Um, But with that being said, I think after that semester, Um, It really 
falls on the adaptability of yourself as a student to change your study strategies. Um, so I always encourage students that ask me what degree they should get, that it should really be based on what they like doing. Um, if you like studying another subject, it'd probably be better to study that in undergrad. Just you're going to um, study, it, studying will be more fun and hopefully it'll do better and reflect well and a high GPA that will make you competitive for med school. So, yeah. Coming out of high school, did you know that you wanted to go into medicine right away? So I did know I wanted to do healthcare. I actually, uh, I did kind of flip-flop between the ideas of different healthcare professions. I thought about doing nursing school for a while. I thought about doing um, physician assistant school. Um, I looked at doing maybe more of a, a research path for a while. Um, and ultimately, it kind of came down to uh, I got some experience. I went and volunteered in a hospital for a semester during college. And I, I knew that in the I knew myself and I knew that I wanted to know more about the subject. And with that came more schooling. So um, it was really getting that extra schooling and um that made me want to pursue uh, a medical degree instead. Did your parents have any kind of influence on you guys? Because I know your older brother, Ryan, is a doctor as well. Yeah, it is kind of odd that we both chose the same career path. Um, neither of my parents are in the medical field. I think um, for the both of us, it really, uh, it, it was we both had a strong interest in science and kind of leaned towards medicine. And I would be lying to say that my brother wasn't a strong influence and encouraging me down the same path as well. Um, Cause he was in med school when I was in undergrad. So that was um, a really great way just to see what it's actually like versus, uh, you know, before going into it. So what's the age difference with you guys? So eight years. So he graduated um, and probably he took a few, a gap year or two before med school. So yeah, I was starting college as he was starting med school right around the same time. What's been the most difficult part of medical school that you could give the prospective medical students in the future some insights? Okay. The most difficult part. Um, yeah, it really is. And a lot of people say this, I think there's kind of two waves of two difficult uh, times in med school. That first one is that for before the first test, it's an extremely, it's unlike any other school schooling experience I've had. It's a lot of information. They always give the, uh, the uh, drinking out of a fire hose analogy. And it really is true. Um, you're trying to cover a lot of information in a short amount of time. Um, and so that part is really hard leading up to that first test, um, not feeling like you have enough time to study, not feeling like you've covered everything. Um, and so I think after that, it really is a challenge of becoming adaptable after the first exam and being able to change your study strategies to really, uh, really learn all the information in the most efficient way possible. And some people really struggle with that. Um, I think most people struggle with that. 
Um, but the ones who are able to change quickly and find the study habits that work best for them, they'll likely be different than what they used in college. Um, they do really well. Um, I think the other time is similarly before you take your first board exam in your second year of med school is a really tough time. Um, there's a lot of pressure on that first exam for residencies and um, and it, it can be uh, it is a it is a very stressful time and uh, all the pressure that's put on that one exam. So I take it that you passed that first one exam. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've I've gotten two of the three down that we take in school, so almost done. What happens if you don't pass? Um. So f- there's uh. So I guess I'll give a brief overview of the different step exams. So there's um three that you take in med school. The first one is uh like your preclinical exam that goes over all the stuff you studied the first two years of med school. So that's step one. Then you take another exam after your third year when you've done all your clinical rotations, and that's called step two clinical knowledge. And then you also take an in-person or like a, a clinical step two clinical skills exam at some point during your third and fourth year, uh, where you, uh, you have uh, standardized patients that you go and see, and they, that's an exam that they want to make sure you pass um, to test your interaction with patients. So if you don't pass one of the step exams, you do have to retake it um, because that's or definitely a requirement before residency is to, and for medical, most medical schools is passing those exams. So you can continue to move forward, right? And, but you just have to take it again? Yeah, you'd have to take it again for sure. Gotcha. Now you're in your fourth year, beginning your fourth year. Where are you in the process of selecting a specialty and walk us through that process as you've trying to make a decision which area of medicine you want to go into? Yeah, so right now I'm at the point where I'll be submitting my residency application uh, mid-September, so about two weeks from now. Um, so for... This time, after you finished third year, and usually that May or spring up until that September is when a lot of students, if they haven't decided what specialty they want to do, they're really um, in that decision-making process because of the residency applications coming up. Um, so for me, I kind of had an, a pretty strong feeling before I started uh, my clerkships that I would be interested in um, internal medicine. Um, mostly just for like the, the broad field that it is. And it, it also offers lots of subspecialties uh, for fellowship afterwards. Um, but f- I think third year is really the time where you kind of make that decision-making process. Um, you go through a lot of the major specialties and you kind of decide uh, what it is that you like in a specialty, what it is that you don't like in a specialty, Um, You see residents and faculty that work in that specialty, and you can kind of start um, envisioning yourself in their shoes and seeing if that's the kind of uh, career you want. Um, So third year is a really great time to kind of rule in and rule out what you like and decide on a specialty before those applications fourth year. What things factored into your decision? Was it a lifestyle, hours, you know, some surgical specialties you could be up, you know, all night long? Walk us through your thought process. Yeah, I think, um, so I had a, a resident that 
I talked with um, on one of my rotations that really, I think, broke it down into um, what the major factors are of um, choosing a specialty. Um, so for me, it kind of came down to, um, you know, I think one of the big divides is, do you want to do surgery or do you not want to do surgery? Um, and for me, it was, a you know, very much the the OR was just not the environment I really liked. And for some people, it can be a much more um, hectic lifestyle in training. Um, so surgery was ruled out fairly early for me. Um, the next thing was kind of uh, how important is it for me to do um, procedures, uh, whether it's in an inpatient setting or an outpatient setting. Um, and even the, uh, one thing that is a big decision-making factor is how much time do you want to spend in the hospital and how much time do you want to spend in the clinic? Um, generally, if you have more clinic time, it's going to be a bit easier on the lifestyle because you're working more of a regular eight to five day versus what you may be seeing if you're a hospitalist on the wards. Um, so for me, it really was, I liked a balance of inpatient and outpatient, which I can get in a, uh, in internal medicine. And, uh, I'm still trying to decide if having be doing procedures or not is something I'd like to do. And that'll factor more into my, um, my subspecialty choice, but, and then ultimately just what you're really passionate about. So I really enjoyed all my medicine rotations and knew it was definitely a good fit after I rotated through it. It sounds like, um, you've already, it's a foregone conclusion that you're going to do a subspecialty or is that the jury still out on that? Yeah, I think, um, I think after internal med residency, a subspecialty will be something I pursue. Um, for me, uh, I like the idea of having more training and something to become more of an expert in that field. Um, I also, uh, there's certain subspecialties within medicine that, uh, can allow for a better, better lifestyle or, um, you know, may allow me to do more procedures if that's, um, something I decide that I'd like to be doing. Um, so looking at various subspecialties, uh, for that, um, will be my focus going into, uh, those first couple years of my residency. Mm -hmm. For those, um, that are considering medical school and this matching process that you have coming up in the next three to six months, walk these uh, listeners through what's going to happen and how you will match with a residency. So um, the, the match process, um, it starts uh, in your, in September of your fourth year. Um, so up until this point, I've been, uh, taking my step exams, uh, getting letters of recommendations from the uh, faculty that I've been working with uh, during a lot of my, you know, third year of medical school, um, and then uh, choosing a specialty and then researching programs that you'd like to apply to. Um, and so how many programs you apply to varies widely on what specialty you're doing and how competitive it is. Um, so if you're looking at orthopedic surgery, you're probably going to have to apply to far more programs than you would doing um, internal medicine or pediatrics. 
Um, so once you decide your specialty and you've looked at your programs and you've gotten all your application materials together, you submit your application mid-September. Um, residency programs will start looking at your applications then and offering interviews. Um, interviews can go anywhere from October through even as late as early January sometimes. Um, so for that, you'll be um, going and visiting these residency programs, meeting with them, uh, seeing what you like or don't like about the programs. And then in the in the, your spring semester, so at, towards the end of January, early February, you'll submit a rank list of your residency programs by preference. Um, and then in March will be the big match day. Um, it's usually a big celebration at the med schools. They I don't really have a big uh, a big envelopes for every every student, and you all open your envelope together to see where you match to. Um, so it's usually a pretty fun time. People bring family and um, all celebrate out in the uh, little uh, patio outside of our med school. Um, so then you know where you're going and you uh, start residency usually that next July. Could you be sent um, like to another state? Oh yeah. So the the match process, yeah, it's it's nationally. So um, for me now, like I'm applying to to different different states and programs. Um, yeah. So it's not just a uh, in state in state uh, process. Yeah. Well, talking about having a. Uh, doctor who's a boyfriend, does that kind of come into consideration when you're trying to think where you're going to do your residency? Yeah, so there's definitely um, quite a few considerations. So so definitely for uh, for students that say they, they have a significant other um, that is living somewhere, um, that is something that students will discuss when they go to interviews to kind of show that they're very committed to wanting to come to a certain program because of, um, you know, a significant other or personal reasons that they need to be there um, and can play into your favor when you're prepping programs. Um, there's also, uh, for, for me, my, my boyfriend is not in the same uh, class as me that will be applying to residency at the same time. But I do have uh, lots of friends who they have a significant other in the med school class and they can participate in something called couples match where they actually can match their residency rankless so that they will end up in the same city um, when they, they go through ranking. Yeah. So I have a couple friends who are doing that. So it just ensures that you're in the same place. Yeah. How is it, um, I mean, because I know probably going through medical school or medical school um, that your time is very limited. How do you manage uh, having a relationship? Yeah, I think I'm very lucky having uh, my, my boyfriend, Nathan. He's also in, in medical school. So I think that makes it significantly easier. Um, it's pretty common overall, I think, for medical students to date other medical students. There's uh, quite a few in my class who are all couples matching. 
Um, it, I think there's just a lot of advantage. So for, for me, Nathan and I started dating around the time that I had to take my first big step exam in my second year. And so for him, he had already been through the step exam. So there's just an unspoken understanding that if I was too busy to spend time with him or if I was really stressed, um, you know, it, it was just a lot easier. Um, even going into third year, there's times where I may be working at the hospital, having to go eight days in a row or having to do 24 hour shifts at the hospital. So having someone who's done, been through it, knows what it's like, uh, makes it just a lot easier and feeling less guilty being busy or having things come up. Um, and also, I think it's just a lot of fun because we're both really passionate about medicine. And so it's fun to come home and discuss like a different case we saw that day or like, oh, I read this interesting article. You should try reading it too. Um, so it's it's fun to share that with him too. That's awesome. I could totally see that having him in medic or medical school, you know, as well. Um, he understands what you're going through. Yeah, definitely. So is he still in medical school or is he already done? So he is in a special program at our school. Uh, it's a dual degree program where they do medical school and they get a PhD degree as well. So it's a, it's a longer program for sure. Um, so he, it was actually a little uh, farther ahead of me in med school, but now he's entered into his PhD portion of the program. So now I get to brag that I'm like more ahead of him in med school now that I'm a fourth year. Cause he, he, he jumped out at third year. Um, so yeah, so he does a lot more, uh, so right now he's in a very intensive research where he's working in a lab uh, to work towards his PhD. So he'll be done just a couple years after me. Very nice. Well, is there any other final notes you'd want to say to um, any current medical students that are just starting? Um, some tips for medical school? Yeah, I think the biggest tip I probably learned going through it and hearing from other people is um, it can be very very, uh, seems very overbearing. It kind of feels like it takes up a lot of your life. I think making time for yourself in whatever you want to do, whether if it's, uh, you know, I like to go run and I'm going to devote time that I, I run, make time for myself to do that. Or if family's important and you want to make time to set aside time that you see your family. Um, I think it's really good and just good for your mental health. Uh, Med school is a long road, and so I think developing habits that ensure your well-being is only going to help in the long run. Um, so I would say that's probably the most important. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking time. Um, dude, we get out of time so quickly on this. We like want to keep going. Um, but thank you for talking to us, and um, it was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you all so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you. Thank you to all our listeners. If you'd like to be notified when new episodes air, make sure to hit that subscribe button. And thank you to Pacific Companies. Without you guys, this podcast would not be possible. If you'd like to be a guest or for more information, go to www.pacificcompanies.com.